0: Well good morning church family, so good, now I can see all of you, so good to see you guys, I want to welcome those watching online. Welcome to part two of our teaching series, God in Us, the Upgrade Within. I'm Pastor Ryan, I'm the lead pastor here, and we are journeying together of understanding who is the Holy Spirit, who is the third person in the Trinity, the Godhead that we theologically say. And I'm excited because I really believe that this year, 2022, is a year for us to awaken. And part of this coming alive, becoming awakened is understanding the God that resides within us. And He has a name and His name is Holy Spirit. Turn your neighbor and say, Holy Spirit. Now I have you do that activity for a couple of reasons. It is fun to say Holy Spirit because some of us, we're used to our Trinity, maybe growing up, if you grew up in the church world, was Father, Son, Jesus Christ, and Holy Bible. Maybe for some of us in a room, we were never taught who Holy Spirit is and what he does. And that is what what we are journeying in this series together. Now, this is part two. We have a couple more parts to unpack with us. Next week, we're going to talk about how you and I actually quench the Spirit and how you and I actually grieve the Spirit. Did you know, you can do that. And we're going to unpack that together of how we do those things and how we can correct it in our lives. We're going to talk about, in another week, how we walk by the Spirit. You and I are told to walk by the Spirit, to live by the Spirit. How do you and I do that? How do you and I do that when our flesh is against the Spirit? We want to do the deep nature within us is against God. It's the flesh side but we are to walk by the Spirit. How do we do that in our lives? We're gonna talk about ways that, why we need a continual filling of the Spirit in our lives and how you and I at times can get very dried up in our faith. I truly believe this is one tactic of the enemy of our soul that wants to disrupt and make the church flat is don't understand who the Godhead that is living inside of you. And so, we're gonna be a church that isn't afraid to talk about Holy Spirit. Not in weird ways, because God is a God of order. And we will be very looking at scripture of understanding how Holy Spirit moves in our lives and what are the gifts and how does He flow. So, I I wanna start by looking at this quote by John Brevere in his book, The Holy Spirit An Introduction. He says, Without the Holy Spirit, Christianity is dry, monotonous, and mundane. Without the Holy Spirit, our labor is draining and worrisome. Without the Holy Spirit, there is no fellowship with God. Because that moment of salvation, when you put your faith and trust into Jesus Christ, your Savior, the Holy Gift is, or the Holy Spirit is an incredible gift to you. He now resides within you. And he goes on remove the Holy Spirit from a church, and one of two things will happen. It will slowly become a social club, or it will become a religious institution. He is our guide, counselor, protector, and coach. We need him actively involved in our lives. And that's what this series is about, is how do we become comfortable with the one who is residing in us? And I'm going to promise you this, it's a beautiful ride. This life that you and I walk as followers of Christian, if you're a Christian here today, as followers of Jesus, we walk this and grow as the Holy Spirit guides us. And so we just have to have a change of posture to receive everything he has for us. Now I want to show you, because I want to expand your uh, your thinking. I want to expand what I want to call the plausibility structure. So let me show you this. This is the plausibility structure. This box represents your relationship with God. This box represents everything you think is possible with God. Oftentimes, that box is formed based on our experiences, based on our knowledge. But what I truly believe is for a lot of us, there is more that God wants us to experience. There's a lot more. And one of our goals through this series is for you and I to expand our plausibility structure. That we now go outside and say, wow, there is more to God than I ever realized. And that is a beautiful journey to go through. But I want us to expand our plausibility structure. Can God actually still do that? Can the Holy Spirit actually do that today? Now, this little disclaimer for this message. About a year and a half ago, we did that series titled Holy Spirit, and uh, we were able to discuss a lot of things about Holy Spirit in our lives, and we weren't able to cover everything. This series is going to bring some new things with a little bit of overlap, and this is one that we're going to go into. I I wasn't able a year and a half ago to go into a little bit more depth and understanding, and that's where I want to go with you today, is a little bit more depth and understanding. Now, what are we doing today? We are talking about spiritual gifts. We are talking about an incredible gift that Holy Spirit gives us. So, I've titled this message, Is He, Holy Spirit, Charismatic? Is He Charismatic? And you're going to be in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. But before we get there, I want to bring up, no, not yet. I'm not going to bring you guys up yet. Hang in there, Okay. We're going to focus, the gifts are all over scripture, by the way. Uh, In the New Testament, there are certain spots. I want to bring you, show you a few, because we don't have time to unpack everything. But Romans chapter 12, these are called motivational gifts. You're going to have a little bit of homework, if you will, uh, throughout the week. I want you to study these additional scriptures. uh, Romans 12, the motivational gifts are there, saying that the Spirit gives us these spiritual gifts. These are things like teaching. Uh, hospitality, serving, mercy, those things like that. Those are things that you and I really would understand. We don't need a lot of explanation because we understand hospitality. We understand serving. We understand giving. And many of you have that gift. Then what we're going to unpack today, because these are the gifts that confuse people, are the manifestation gifts. They're found in 1 Corinthians 12, which will be, and a little bit into 1 Corinthians 14. And then these two gifts are what Holy Spirit gives. These are Holy Spirit gifts. This last gift found in Ephesians chapter 4. These are known as ministerial gifts. These are actually gifts that says Jesus gives us. And there are 5 ministerial gifts. Apostle, prophet, pastor, teacher, and evangelist. We all have a ministerial gift. When we come into faith of Jesus Christ, we all operate out of one of those. And I want to give you, if you're searching and you're like, man, I want to, I'm curious, here's a website to go to, and it's free. Go to fivefoldministry.com, and you can take the ministerial gifting test, those five giftings. But let me warn you, if you take it, if you take this test and realize you get pastor, don't freak out. That does not mean Radiant Life Church has to hire you now. You have to quit your job. I got to go to work for a church. It does not mean that. See, pastoring means shepherding. Some of you in this room right now are so good at shepherding people. You're so good one-on-one working with people and helping them to figure out their next steps. Just to be an ear or to counsel them. That's what that means. So don't freak out if you get pastor, okay? But I would say this, exercise the gift. If you know, man, I get that gift and you're really good at one-on-ones, be that person, be a mentor for people, okay? But you can go here. Here's the other caveat for a ministerial gift. One of those is evangelism. So if like evangelism's like number five, is the lowest gifting that you take on this test, please listen to me. That does not give you permission to not tell people about Jesus. Okay? What that means is when people operate in that gifting from Jesus that they're an evangelist, they can walk into a room and sense the brokenness. They can sense the lostness in their spirit grieves that these people don't know Jesus. They could get on stage and give a message and have hundreds of people come to know Jesus when they're operating in that gift. But you and I all have a calling as followers of Jesus to go and tell the good news of Jesus Christ. You and I all have to live into the Great Commission, Matthew chapter 28, verses 19, that we are to therefore go and make disciples. We have to go. We are to required as followers of Jesus to tell the good news of who Jesus Christ is. Now, we're gonna unpack gently these nine that are here, because these nine are the confusing ones. Again, study all of them. But these, these nine right here, the manifestation gifts, are the confusing ones. And if you let me, I want to be very careful. Because I know some of us in this room this morning, we're thinking, man, this whole spiritual gift stuff kind of freaks me out. Others of you, you're super excited about this. So we're all over the place. Can I tell, share a little bit of my story? I was afraid of spiritual gifts. Because I saw particularly those that land in the manifestation gifts be abused. And I saw it being abused, and I wanted nothing to do with them because I saw it in odd ways. But please hear me. Maybe some of you have seen these gifts abused in other ways as well. But here's something that I've learned we must emphasize that abuses of the gift are no reason to be closed to the gift. Let me read that again. We must emphasize that abuses of the gift are no reason to be closed to the gift. And if I'm honest, I stiff-armed all this. Because so I said, God, I don't know. I don't understand. It's weird. So I don't want you I don't want Holy Spirit. I don't want gifts. Just give me the Father, give me the Son, and give me the Holy Bible. And maybe that's for some of you today. More and more in my walk with Christ, what I'm realizing is God is a good gift giver. God loves you, and he's going to give you nothing that will harm you. And so I want to bring an example up. So can I have Pam, Pastor Brandon, Pastor Josh up on stage real quick? Andrew Fish, you mind coming up stage real quick? I'm going to try not to embarrass you guys too much, okay? I want uh, Pam, Pastor Brandon, and Andrew Fish over here. Josh, you stay there, okay? Okay. So here's the danger of spiritual gifts as well. The spiritual gifts, please hear me, and we're going to unpack this. The spiritual gifts that are given by Holy Spirit are to edify the body of Christ, the church. Brothers and sisters in Christ. And here's also why people stiff arm the gifts. So can you please three, please three, you three, please do work together and do the hokey pokey. Okay? (laughs) Work together. Go ahead. You do the hokey pokey together. Good. Keep going. Keep going, by the way. Do you see they're doing it together? They're like synchronized swimmers, right? Josh, will you show us what ska dance is? Ready, go. Keep going. You guys keep going. Keep going. Keep going. Okay, stop, stop. They had no idea. I forgot to do this first service. They had no idea I was going to do this. Okay. That's what happens sometimes with spiritual gifts. It's working together the way it should within the body, in grounds, and synchronized with the spirit. And sometimes... It looks awesome. (laughs) There's the one that has the gifts but they're doing their own thing. And sometimes that happens within church services and we see that wonderful dancing, but we see that and go, that's crazy, that's weird, I don't want it, right? Hey, can we give them a hand, thank you guys. I warned Pastor Josh, I said, when I invite you on stage, just be you. I need you to be Josh in this moment. Just be Josh. And I knew he would be awesome. So that's my, that's a little bit of my story is, I'll be honest, I saw a lot of these gifts look like that. Uh, <laughs> see, you can't unget that picture now, right? Like, it's seared. But here's the thing. I think sometimes we are humans, we we have strong emotions, and when we're flooded and just filled with the Spirit, and some of us, it's emotional, and sometimes the ecstasy of the emotions can get the better of us, and it doesn't become the Spirit anymore, it becomes us, and there are beautiful ground rules for the spiritual gifts within Scripture, this so is one of the main reasons why Paul is the one that writes to the church in Rome. He's like, I, I, I need to w- tell you guys. There's a reason why in the church of Corinth, see, they're having trouble because a lot of them look like Josh in their services. <laughs> and so, they're tra- so Paul's writing to them and say, hey, there is healthy gifts. However, there are boundaries for these gifts. And we're going to unpack those. And pati- particularly the manifestation gifts. So let's jump into 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Here's how it begins. Now about the what, friends? The gifts of the Spirit. Whose gifts are they? The Spirit's gifts. They're not yours. The reason why you have access to a spiritual gift is because the Holy Spirit, whose gifts they are, are residing in you. Does that make sense, friends? They're the Spirit's gifts, which he, did, he will determine of who and when that gets them. But they're his gifts. It says, now about the gifts of the Spirit, brothers and sisters, I don't want you to be uninformed. I think today there's just a lot of us that are uninformed and unaware of these gifts. And so here we go. Verse tw- uh, 4. There are different kinds of what, friends? Gifts. But the same Spirit distributes them who distributes the gifts the spirit. the spirit verse 7 now to each one are you each one believers disciples brothers of brothers and sisters in christ you are in each one now to each one the manifestation of the spirit is given watch this for the common good for the common good it's for all oh, it 's for the common good. are the spiritual gifts good? Yes, and it 's for the common good. Now, I love what pastor um, what Pastor Guzik Guzik is that right where 's Pastor JB? Yeah, Pastor Guzik says here he says this about this quote here, um, and i 'm going to paraphrase him a little bit. He says, "The manifestation gifts it does not mean the Holy Spirit is more present within that believer because the Holy Spirit is present in all believers. What it means with these manifestation gifts is that the Holy Spirit is more apparent with these gifts. Not more present because he's present in every believer in this room. But in these gifts, Holy Spirit just is more apparent in these gifts. And so, what I want to define for you, real quick, is gifts. What is this English term that we've read, gifts? It literally means in the Greek, charisma. Charisma, which is defined as a gift of grace. So, this first six letters is charis, which means grace, ma gift. It's a gift of grace, a favor with which one receives without any merit on his own. Remember, You did nothing to receive this other than your salvation. And Holy Spirit is now deposited in you. So in other words, if you think about spiritual gifts, they're charisma. And if you think every believer, we can have this. That means you and I, we're charismatic, right? And the problem with charismatic in the church world today, it means some of us think weird. Like when are the snake handlers going to come? Weird. We've only brought one snake in the six and a half years I've been here. But I think it was in relation to the Garden of Eden, if I'm not mistaken. And then I realized I freaked out a lot of people bringing a snake on stage. I mean, I used to have two pet snakes. They were awesome. Just little garter snakes. You just feed them a little earthworm. It was fun. All right? So Pastor David Guzik says this. I love this. He says, gracious, this is his definition, gracious endowments leading to miraculous results. These all came by the extraordinary influences of the Holy Spirit. Extraordinary influences of the Spirit in our lives. I love also what Bill writes, Bill Castanolopoulos, in the Manifestations of Holy Spirit. <laughs> Focus here. all right? Charisma. The spiritual gifts, charisma is the instantaneous enablement of the Holy Spirit in the life of any believer, any believer, to exercise a gift for the edification of others. Remember, it is for, in verse 7, the common good. In other words, spiritual gifts are to edify the body, not magnify the believer. And that's the issue. Sometimes we're overwhelmed with it and we perform this Josh Ska dance. And the problem is all attention becomes here on us. And it feels like I'm gifted, I magnify the believer. No, every gift from the Spirit is to magnify the King of kings and Lord of lords. Let me put it this way. Spiritual gifts should honor God and not be a badge of honor for the believer. There are healthy boundaries here. And last slide before we jump into verse 8, which begins the list. The spiritual gifts are meant to flow through us to impact those around us. The common good to edify the body of Christ. So let's jump in, pick up in verse 8, and let's look at these manifestation gifts. To the one there is given through the Spirit... Some of us have no idea what these are. But we're good, remember, we're good with Romans 12. Teaching, encouraging, hospitality, serving, generosity, the giving. We're good with those. These ones take a little bit more on time to unpack. Continue on. All these work of one and the same spirit. And he, Holy Spirit, distributes them to each one just as he determines. We don't get to choose its Holy Spirit as he determines. Verse 12, just as a body, though one, has many parts, but all its many parts form one body, so it is with Christ. For we were all baptized, immersed by one Spirit, so, as to form one body, whether Jews or Gentiles, those are the two people groups back in this time, slave or free, and we were all given the one spirit to drink. The goal is not the gift, the goal is the giver of the gift, Holy Spirit, is to drink and be consumed by more of Him. So, in that short chapter, we have these nine. Mo, uh, nine manifestation gifts. Remember, it does not mean the Holy Spirit is more present on that believer. It means he's more apparent. He's present on, with all of us. So we're going to unpack these real quick. And this I'm going to give you definitions. So if you're a note taker, this is probably good picture time. So you can keep up, okay? So we have these three because I need to unpack these so we, so we aren't scared, But we have healthy boundaries with this. Does that make sense, friends? We have healthy boundaries. Because remember, what we've read so far is not my word. It's God's word, which was inspired by the Holy Spirit. So here we go. These three right here, knowledge, wisdom, discerning of spirits, is what we call discerning gifts. So let's unpack these briefly and give you a definition for each of them. So these are the discerning gifts. A word of knowledge. Here's the definition of word of knowledge. To know something specific without having learned it by natural means. Jesus put this into play in John chapter 4. When he's dealing with the woman at the well and he says, hey, about your husband. And she's like, I don't have a husband. And he goes, you're right. You've had five. It's not to slap her in the face, but it was to realize her need for Jesus Christ. And he has that word of knowledge. This has been played out with our first Wednesdays. His time as Pastor JB doesn't know sometimes what the pastor of that night may be bringing a devotion or a prayer time. But the songs come hand in hand with what the, what the pastor is bringing. And it's this beautiful thing without them ever talking to each other. But they come together and you're like, wow, we both received a word of knowledge. Almost like I knew what you were going to do and you knew the songs that were coming. It's just this beautiful thing that come together to edify the body of Christ that's a good thing right friends why would we not want that we would want that here's a word of wisdom Um, word of wisdom means a divine answer or solution for a particular matter don't we all want that two hands a foot up too Like, who wouldn't want a word of wisdom? I'm facing a particular matter. I don't know. Go left or go right. I don't know. They both look good. Holy Spirit, I need you. Give me a word of wisdom to know what path to go. Boom. Divine answer. The right is the right one. Wouldn't we want that? You're facing a huge challenge in your life. Whether in your family or in your job. Or at school, would you not want Holy Spirit to be like, hey, here's a word of knowledge for you. And now you know exactly an answer or solution to what you're facing. How about discerning of spirits? This is defined this way. To be made aware of what type of spirit is at work. There's two two spirits at work. It's either Holy Spirit or, or Satan's demonic army. One of those two are at work. Let me tell. You, let me share this. This was played out in um, Acts chapter sixteen, when there's a girl that was a witch, and they literally said she's. They're walking around bringing who Jesus is, and she's declaring that hey, Jesus is the savior and everything. And the disciples are like, "Hold on, wait!" And they recognized in that moment she's saying the right things. The problem is she's demonic. And in Acts chapter sixteen, they. Um, perform an exorcism on that girl and the demonic um, entity in her flees even though she's saying the right thing. The disciples discern that there's a demonic spirit though behind it. Let me talk to business owners in here for a minute. If your business, if you knew your business was under attack and you just didn't understand why, would you not want to know that this attack is from the enemy? That's a healthy thing. And so now you can make adjustments. And listen, please know, followers of Jesus, you are covered by the blood of Christ. You are Jesus's, you are his, and the enemy has no power and authority over you. The blood of Christ has covered you. And I want to know, I want to pray against that. If I knew a demonic spirit was against my family, oh, I'm going to be on my knees. Praying for God to, man, whatever, God, would you get this demonic spirit out of my home, off of my my child, my wife, my marriage, whatever. Would we not want that, friends? Because you know we would pray. So these are healthy things, healthy, discerning gifts that come into play in our lives. Let's check the middle three. The middle three, this is where we have a little bit more of an issue. We're, We're probably good. You want a word of knowledge, you want wisdom. You probably want to know, is this the enemy? Is this from God? But this is where it trips a lot of us up. These are called the declarative gifts because these come through a spoken word from the mouth. So let's look at these three. What is prophecy? Prophecy is a message of encouragement, exhortation, and comfort through a person. Please hear me. I know right now that there are a lot of people out there that are being They're bringing prophecy about end times. Who knows when the world will end? Only the Father. It says Jesus doesn't even know when it's going to end. Just be very, very careful with prophetic end time stuff. Please hear me. I think it intrigues us more than anything. But can I tell you? We all know the world will eventually end. Jesus Christ will come back. But that's not going to help me in this moment love my wife better. It's not going to help me right now in this moment to offer when I have a root of bitterness growing up in my heart. Knowing the end times will not help me love this person better. To experience forgiveness better in this moment. It's what will happen today as I follow Jesus. Will it help me more? So here, let me show you how Paul kind of wraps this idea of this gift in prophecy. In, in chapter 14, it says this. Follow the way of love and, watch this, eagerly desire gifts of the Spirit. Are the gifts good? Absolutely. And Paul's saying desire, eagerly desire these. These are wonderful. Especially, what's this one? Prophecy. So Paul says desire all of them, especially prophecy. And then it goes on in verse 3. But the one who prophesies speaks to people, watch this, for their strengthening, encouraging, and comfort. Would you not want someone to speak that strengthening, encouraging, and comfort to you? This is a litmus test to see if the prophecy is true. Is it strengthening? Is it encouraging? Is it comfort? It's a litmus test right here for this gift, prophecy. I had a moment where I was experiencing this, um, my wife and I, several years ago, were on a lake in Wisconsin, and we had a prophetic uh, prayer time. We had this brother and sister come in and just lay hands, and we were, there were a bunch of pastors and their spouses there. It was a wonderful time, and uh, he finally got around to us, and I'll be honest, I was nervous. So I was like, oh man, like, we called it a prophetic prayer time my, in my spirit, and I knew it was wrong. I'm like, oh no, he's going to reveal every hidden sin in my heart. I was nervous, and something beautiful kept happening. As the prayer went on, he kept whispering in my ear, Ryan, there is no condemnation in Jesus Christ. This is my first time ever meeting this man. He had no idea. Outside of my wife, no one knew how badly I beat myself up. I'm very hard on myself. He didn't know that, but he got a word that spoke very strengthening, encouraging, and comfort to me, relaying, Ryan, stop beating yourself up, because this beating up yourself is not from Jesus Christ, that was beautiful, and he'd go on and pray more, and then he'd speak that again, Ryan, there is no condemnation in Jesus Christ, he loves you, and it changed it, it was beautiful, so here's more. Let's talk tongues. Tongues is a speaking unlearned language in words given by Holy Spirit. This is a gift I saw extremely abused within the church. This, of all the gifts, this was the gift that I said, stiff arm, no thank you. I was at a church service one time and we were in worship and then the worship team stopped and almost, I would say, it felt like to me, almost everyone in the worship started speaking in this unknown language to me to my ears it sounded gibberish i didn't know what was happening but i knew i don't want to stay here and be a part of this and so what did i do in my spirit i stiffed arm any gift of holy spirit and said no thank you i do not want you because this gift is what i extremely saw abused within the church Is this a gift? I truly believe it is. It's listed here. It's listed in Acts chapter 2 in our Awakened series. You remember where we left off? Pentecost, Holy Spirit came and what it said. They spoke in languages. Tongue of fire came. They spoke in languages. Why? Unlearned languages. And they were speaking other languages so that people started hearing in their own language the glory of God. The wonders of God. It was the beginning to spread his message. And I don't fully always understand this gift. But again, please hear me. We must emphasize that abuses of the gift are no reason to be closed to the gift. And so let's unpack. Paul's very clear on how this gift is to be used within the church. Here in in 14. 14, if you think uh, 1 Corinthians 12 is a great list of the gifts, verse 14 is kind of the, the boundaries to use the gifts with. It says, for anyone who speaks in a tongue does not speak to people but to God. Indeed, no one understands them. They utter mysteries by the Spirit. But the one who prophesies speaks to people for their strengthening, encouraging, and comfort. Anyone who speaks in a tongue edifies themselves. But the one who prophesies edifies the church. Remember, what is edify? Built up, to lift up, to encourage and then he continues in verse 5. I would like every one of you to speak in tongues. What is Paul saying? This is a gift that I would, I would want every one of you to do. Because why? It edifies themselves. Watch this. But I would rather have you prophesy. For the one who prophesies is greater than the one who speaks in tongues. Unless someone interprets. So that the church may be edified. Do you see what Paul's trying to get at here? Everything is constantly, what is his eyes and focus? Edification of the body. Edification of the body. The encouragement of the body is what we're after. And then a little further on, he says, for if I pray in a tongue, some of us will call that a heavenly prayer language. My spirit prays, but my mind is unfruitful. Because why? It's a language I don't know what I'm saying. So what shall I do? I will pray with my spirit, But I will also pray with my understanding. I will sing with my spirit, but I will also sing with my understanding. Then he goes on. I thank God that I speak in tongues more than all of you. But in the church, but with brothers and sisters in Christ, I would rather speak five intelligible words to instruct others than 10,000 words in a tongue. Do you see the boundaries? He goes on, read the rest of 14. He says, listen, if you begin to speak in tongues within the church and people are hearing you, he's going to say, unbelievers are going to sit there and go, whoa, this is odd. And he says, don't do that unless it has interpretation. Don't do that everything's to be done to edify and lift up the body. Then at the end of chapter 14, he says, God is not a God of disorder. God is a God of peace. See, what was happening in the church in Corinth was disorder. They didn't know how to operate with the gifts. And so here's here's the other one on declarative gifts, interpretation of tongues, which is understanding and expressing the thought or intent of the message in tongues. Notice I love what Paul did not say translation of tongues cuz translation would be word for word. This is why we have translators. There are some words like if you go to another country and you preach and you got to say a couple sentences in English and then if you're in a Swahili speaking I don't even know if that's a word. Swahili, Swa, If you speak Swahili, like everyone else is speaking Swahili, their interpreter will then take time and sometimes you can say two sentences And the interpreter is saying like eight sentences. Why? Because there's that miscommunication. These words have words that this language doesn't have. And so it's an interpretation. It's an understanding and expression of the thought or intent that is being said. So Paul's very clear. Don't use this in the service unless you have this. But this also edifies the self. It doesn't edify the body. Okay, here's the last three. Faith healing miracles are the dynamic gifts. Now, I love these gifts. I love all of them. I don't necessarily understand them fully. And that's all right. It's part of my growth. But I know this. God loves you and they're good for you. And here we go. Faith. What is faith? Faith is a supernatural impartation of belief and confidence for a specific situation. Would you not want to have the gift of faith to come down, a supernatural impartation. And when you feel that you're in the valley of life, God, am I ever gonna get through this thing? And the Holy Spirit says, hey, I got a gift because I know you're down and out. And he imparts faith and says, yes, I know my confidence is my God's gonna see me through this. How about healings? Supernatural, please hear the rest. Supernatural, physical, Mental, emotional, or spiritual health. Oftentimes, the abuse of that gift, of healings, comes at the expense of it's only physical. It can be mental, emotional, or spiritual health when this gift is exercised. Now, we've seen this gift in operation on our first Wednesdays. We've seen doctor's reports come back and say, you don't, you're not dealing with that ailment anymore. We had someone get prayed over. Um, by a prayer team member, and they literally said as they were laying hands, I can feel the warming sensation in that one spot that I have an issue with. We've had people with back problems walk out saying I could barely walk in and now I feel like I can stand up straight and walk out of here. A lot of this is a progression. Can God heal in a moment? Absolutely. Absolutely. Oftentimes, it's a progress through progressive healing that happens. I've been wrestling with ulcerative colitis for 16 years. 16, 17 years. Am I healed? No, this is why I still got to go to Grand Rapids and get an IV put in my hand every eight weeks. But I'm much better. And I truly believe God's using the medicine for some physical healing in my life. But I know some of you, man. You have a mental, emotional, spiritual—it's just hurting. I know there. We have a gentleman. Honestly, he's—he the spirit has definitely unleashed the spirit of the gift of healing. Traveled the world, has seen miracle after miracle after miracle in healing, and he's always here to serve you at First Wednesday. Again, does God always in a minute? He can. Oftentimes, it's progression, and oftentimes. God's ways are higher than ours way, and we don't know why he doesn't heal. But I trust in his faithfulness. Amen? I trust in his faithfulness. Here's the last one. Miracles. Divine intervention that alters our natural circumstances. So, for those of us who have been saved in this room, that is a miracle. That is a miracle. Well, I don't think God works anymore. God doesn't do are you saved? Yeah, that is a working miracle. You once were this person, now you're that. Many of you can testify. I had that addiction and I am set free in the name of Jesus. That's a miracle. That is the work of God in our lives. So let me show you quickly just all these gifts. Some of this over here on the right. This is why we didn't get into because we, we understand serving, teaching, exhortation, encouragement, giving, leadership, mercy, hospitality, Romans 12 stuff there. But those are the gifts. And worship team, I'm gonna ask you to come up right now. And there's, there, there is some others, I just didn't get them all on here. But please listen, I love this quote. I love this quote. It's from an unknown, we can't find the source, but here's what it says. Satan's goal is to stop, undermine, discredit, and prevent the spiritual gifts from being used. If he can get the church to withdraw legitimate status from the spiritual gifts, he can keep the church from using them. I don't want us to be uninformed and unaware. That Holy Spirit could be saying, I'm ready for you. It's a beautiful gift that will edify the body. You just have to have a posture to receive it. Stop stiff-arming. Trust me, because I'm a good gift giver. And know this, it's not about the gifts themselves. It's always about the giver, and the giver's name is Holy Spirit. Always. Now what's interesting, as I close, what's really interesting about the gifts is, especially in the church of Corinth, you have chapter 12 and chapter 14 that talk about the gifts and how to use it within the church. And you guys are smart. What's in between chapter 12 and 14? Chapter 13, sandwiched in between the gifts. And let me hear you respond if you know the answer. What is 1 Corinthians chapter 13 known as? The chapter on love. You may have heard it recited at a wedding. But in the true context of 1 Corinthians chapter 13 of love, it comes in the context of spiritual gifts. About love. See, these are beautiful things. But chapter 13 reminds us of this biblical truth. And it's strong biblical truth. See, it's a strong reminder that our spiritual gifts, whatever they may be, whatever Holy Spirit determines. Must be wrapped in love. Follow the way of what, friends? Of love. And eagerly desire the gifts. Love must wrap everything you do. It doesn't matter about the gift that's in there. If it's not wrapped with love. So I want to ask you a question that we're going to ask every single week in this series. Holy Spirit, what are you saying to me? For some of us, this was brand new stuff that you didn't even realize there were gifts. For others of you, you're like, man, yes, I know the gift, but could I have a different posture? Does Holy Spirit give one? Does he give many? Uh, Holy Spirit determines. He's the distributor. He'll give you one. He'll give you that one gift for that moment. Remember, they're not your gifts. They're his gifts. But he empowers us with them because he's the God in you. Maybe for some of us, you're like, you're right. I've kind of made my gift about me. And I made the gift more of a badge of honor than honoring God with it. Maybe for some of us, it's Holy Spirit. Are you saying that? How well am I wrapping the gifts you've given me? Am I operating out of love to edify the body? What is it? Prayer team, can you make your way up? Pastor Josh, Pastor Brandon, can you also make your way? What's interesting is is the prayer team, we're going to close with a song, Holy Spirit Come. It's a new song we kind of gave in last week. During this song, maybe you want prayer. The prayer team are in the corners and the banners. Pastor Brandon, Pastor Josh are on the stage stairs. They're ready to pray with you and for you. First Timothy chapter 4. Timothy is the pastor in the church in Ephesus. And what Paul is reminding Timothy is don't neglect the gift. Don't neglect the charisma that Holy Spirit endowed you with, as the elders of the church laid hands on you. 1 Timothy chapter 4. Holy Spirit determines when and where the gifts come into operation. But also in this service, we did not want to neglect that Holy Spirit also helps us to receive a posture of openness for our gifts by the laying of hands. We see it in Scripture. And these teams and these pastors are here ready. If you want prayer to have more of a posture of openness, of, they want to lay hands on you and pray that. Maybe for some of you, you're confused. You think you know a gifting that really is stirring inside of you. And they're there to affirm some things in you. Maybe you're just like, I, I just want more. I just want more of what God has for me. They're here to lay hands and pray on you. Church family, will you please stand and we're going to sing this song. And again, they're there. The prayer team is there. Pastor Brandon, Pastor Josh is there to lift you up. Because we want revival. Amen, friends? It's a year to awaken to more of what Holy Spirit has for us. So please, come down. Use them. Get prayed over. And let's worship and say, Holy Spirit, come. Come.